Welcome to the Mad Hands Records Podcast, brought to you courtesy of Spotify for Podcasters. Thanks to Spotify, the music of Mad Hands Records is available for all to hear, anytime, any day. Johnny Rock and myself, Mad Mike, have some interesting stories about this great music. So sit back and enjoy it. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Mad Hands Records Podcast. I'm Mad Mike, and i got to tell you, I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, a gentleman I've known and performed with since 1988, Mr. Dave Revels. Dave's had quite a colorful career in the music business so far, and the way it looks to me, he's just getting started. I met Dave when he was part of Charlie Thomas's Drifters back in the mid-late 80s. And since then, I've watched him grow and become involved in all kinds of projects. He's currently the lead singer for the legendary Persuasions uh, acapella group that Frank Zappa fostered. And he's also the musical director and leader of the Shadows of the 60s, which is a Motown tribute group that I've been very fortunate to be part of for the past decade or so. I can go on and on about Dave's accomplishments, but I think it'd be a little better if we hear it right from the source. Let's get Dave on here now. Hey, Mike. Mr. Dave Revels. How you doing, big guy? I'm great, man. Can you hear me clearly? I can hear you well. And I want to thank you so much, man, for agreeing to come on here and take a few minutes out of your time to talk about, well, music. What else? How you I thought doing? we were going to talk about um, uh, was it, was it Scientology. I thought we were going to talk about Scientology. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, you know, when I called you up, I realized, well, we could be talking about anything. You've got such a wide variety of things that you're into. And uh, before we get too far into it, that brings me to my first question. And, you know, we've worked together for quite a while now, over 30 years. I've performed in a lot of different situations with you and seen a lot of uh, how you operate, the different types of situations you're willing to put yourself into. And one of the characteristics that, one of the characteristics that stands out to me in your uh, uh, career is how you're able to write music across many genres and really capturing the style of the music you're writing. And I got to tell you, I've got three songs queued up that we're going to play during this interview today that support that totally. Uh, what I want mm-hmm. to ask you first, man, talking about the variety of your, your musical styles, how did that come about? What type of background are you talking about that can make you able to write so many different styles? Well, you know, I guess it starts with what I listen to um, coming up. You know, I, I listen to everything from reggae to calypso rock music, soul music. And when it came to writing, I kind of found something in me that, you know, is to me, writing is like a conversation with somebody. When you have a conversation, a meaningful conversation, you talk about multiple things. You know, you start here, but by the time you finish talking and say, and have the phone and say, I'll see you later, you've covered a lot of different interests, right. moods and emotions. So I felt, to me, um, some songs just need to be expressed a certain way. So it, it became a conversation thing with music, not even something I was trying to imitate so much as the music became a way that I could 
really express what it is I had to say. So sometimes I came out in a rock genre or country rock genre, R&B genre, reggae genre. It wasn't me trying to usurp anybody's culture. They're all part of my culture because I have a West Indian background. I, I came up listening to rock music and working in rock fusion bands and things like that. So it's all part of my makeup. So I think that's where it started from is that I've always been open to, I'm a sucker for good lyrics and good melody. So all these genres deliver that. So I'm a sponge when it comes to that. So that's probably where it all started. Well, you know, that's the fascinating thing to me is that, you know, I've worked with a lot of songwriters and a lot of uh, uh, musicians. Most of them are really great with one style or they got one thing that they just bowl you over with. And you've managed to do that with many different genres. And it's really fascinating to see how that happens. And you were just mentioning about how the songwriting goes. Uh, what will, what kind of ideas will start you on a path for writing a song? I mean, and what will decide what style that's going to be? Sometimes it could be just a conversation I overhear as I'm walking down the street or something I witness that that really strikes something in me. Sometimes it it just comes out. I don't even think about it consciously. I'll start, I'm not a trained musician, um, but I'm a, people ask, well, what instrument do you play? I say, I play musicians <laughs> because I have a, 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 a catalog or sort of Rolodex in my head of all the musicians I know who play different genres. And when I write a song, it's like, okay, I need that guitar player, I need that drummer, I need that bass player, I need that keyboard player. So I learned how to play musicians because maybe I was too lazy to sit down and learn uh, the scales and all that stuff and play it. So I've learned to hear music in my head and the players, I, I, I feel how they write. I kind of know how they play too. So I know who I'm calling on, but I don't know if I'm going from the original question, but um, it's the, the, it just comes to me like that. Uh, it comes from feeling a, a mood, an emotion. And, and sometimes it comes out like an R&B thing. Sometimes it comes out like a rock thing. Sometimes it comes out a little reggae. It depends on where it puts me in the mood, you know, and... Uh, so it's never a conscious choice. I'm, oh, this song has to be written like this. It kind of writes itself. Well, you know, this first piece of music I've got picked out to play here is uh, even more distinct than anything else I've heard you do. And this is a duo you did with uh, Yorma Kalkinen, who is uh, from Hatuna and Jefferson Airplane. Now, there's a whole process that went into making this song because you started out, if I recall, it's been at least 10 years now. You've been a, a, a vocal teacher at his fur ranch, his fur peace ranch up in Ohio. Can we talk a little bit about how you got to meet Jorman and how it developed into this songwriting uh, uh, duo? Well, um, it started out with the persuasions. We were, the persuasions were invited to do a vocal instruction uh, class at Furpies Ranch in Pomeroy, Ohio. And um, I guess I was introduced to him. You know, he, he, he would sit in or listen into the sessions and how we talked about music and putting together acapella-wise. And then we, was, we started out doing a... At, at Furpies Ranch, it's like a... I wouldn't call it a commune, but it's more like a... Just a very laid-back, no airs, no pretension at all. Plus a group of like-minded folks who love music and are there for that purpose to share their 
personal space with each other and talk and laugh and eat and and uh, no drinking, no alcohol, no nothing. It's just all about the spirit of, of music and coming together. And they'd have sing-along things, you know, like round table where you normally would hold court and people would he'd play a song and somebody else would play a song. And he played a song for me. I, I have a picture of it, as a matter of fact, of him showing me one of his songs. And uh, I was sitting at the table and he's playing it for me. And I said, I like that, man. I really like that song. So it started out that way, and then I came back several times after that on my own as a teacher without the persuasions. And um, we just, it was a mutual kind of respect on Bond for music, um, where I just like to listen to the way he played a guitar. And uh, I said to him, Ben, I said, you know, we need to write a song together. And uh, so it was always on the table that we would, but then. I was home and I started hearing this song in my head, but it was all based around his guitar style. Like I said, I, I, I play musicians. I listen to how you play and I can, I can feel your vibe and I know where you are. So I started writing the song based on his guitar style. And then I emailed him and said, Yoma, I got the song idea I want to do with you. He said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll record it. And I'm very close to his good friend there and right-hand man, John Holbert, really nice guy. We call him Hurley, Her- mm-hmm. <laughs> John Holbert, really nice man. Great guitar player himself. I would always tell him, I gotta, I want to get together with Yorma. I know he's busy. So he put a good bug in Yorma's ear for me, and then Yorma out of the blue called me up and said, Date, you know what? It's time, you know. I know I promised to do this, and I think now's as good as time as any. I'm coming up to New York. So this is in 2021. Right, during COVID. <laughs> uh, well, at the end of it, sort of the end of it. And I uh, picked him up at his hotel in Jersey, and we drove down to uh, Arnie Brown's studio, the jam room. And uh, we hadn't really talked about the song much, except for I sent him a, a vocal tape of me singing it. And uh, I learned something about his style. Um, there's no fuss, you know, there's no hyper stuff getting together let's figure this out let's figure this out let's read it what are we doing it was just all right they this this you know so he sat down in the, in the studio and i sang and he played along with what i was singing we listened to each other we ran it down once ran it down a second time and that was it it was just me in the studio and um it was a beautiful experience i didn't want anybody else in the room just i wanted to be totally focused on him and he wanted to be totally focused on me. And there wasn't any angst about the song. I mean, it's like we worked together forever. I mean, the form of the song just took its shape. And uh, we use our ears and eyes. Well, I'll tell you, know, you, you were and, listening like crazy. You, birds and sleeping dogs, correct? Yep, birds and sleeping dogs. And I'll tell you, I've listened to this numerous times, and it's just like you're just having a conversation. Like you just said, the way he just so effortlessly is talking to you and you responding back to him. Beautiful song. I think we should listen to it, Dave. What do you I'd think? love to. Let's I'd put, love to. Let's put it on here now. <laughs> Firmly in my hand 
Dave, unbelievable. Just the two of you guys, just talking to each other. Two of you in the room, unbelievable. It was cool. It was. I wish I was there. And I guess uh, Arnie must have been in the other room, right, listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arnie, uh, Arnie Brown, uh, William Reese, my engineer, and I call him my, my second voice, David Backer. I have a lot of business music partnership with well, you know, it's what's brought us together a lot, Dave, because uh, the three of us have uh, got some history. We go back to the late 80s. 
So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When they, when they first invented a wheel, I think we were around then, too. Yeah. It, right before that, it was square. It was really rough going on the road with those square wheels, you know. Uh, I, I, I remember, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> now, Dave, you know, you've been writing ever since I met you, going back to the 80s times. And uh, you, I, I think it was your first CD was The, the Family Ties, correct? The first full mm-hmm. CD of 2006. Yes. And yes. before that, you did your stand-up America 2001. So, I mean, you've always been writing, always lots of different things. But one thing I noticed, it took until this year for you to finally get up on stage with your own set of your own music. And this was in, in New York City at the Cutting uh, Room, if I'm correct. This is the first time you got up yes. and did your own thing. How come it took so long? You know, I, I've been involved in so many other projects and other people that... Um, I guess I get sidetracked with, you know, because I always like to do the best I can when I'm involved in something. And I've been involved in some interesting things. You know, the persuasions, of course, is a big part of my life, a cappella group. You know, I came in and originally in 2001, I sang background uh, with the original, with four of the original members. Uh, originally singer Jerry Lawson, bass Jimmy Hayes, Jared S. Washington, Joe Russell, and Raymond Sanders, who joined him after one of the original members, Kerwood Tuberville, passed away. To sing a cappella is, is no easy walk through the park. You have to really devote yourself to it. And I guess the time it takes for me to devote myself, I kept putting me on the back burner and just kept doing it. It was one project after another. Then we worked with Bare Naked Ladies, another album where I had to immerse myself in Bare Naked Ladies music to learn, learn the songs and then reimagine their background vocals on the entire album with the persuasion. That took a lot of my time. Then, of course, I have Shadow of the 60s, the Motown show, which is a nationally drawn production, very successful. Recreating the music of the masters of Motown, that takes a lot of devotion too, because I don't, in other words, I don't play at anything. I really give it everything I have, because everything I've taken on is no joke i have to really do it or it's going to sound phony so in order to give it the do it 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 it, it, uh, commands i had to give everything of myself and it wasn't until covid when everything stopped that i had all this time on my hand and my own thoughts came back to me and says you know what you need to do it you need to start doing shows with your music and not just releasing it but actually performing live because to me, a song is never really completely written until you perform it live. Because the audience puts the final comma and punctuation mark on the song. So that's what it took, COVID, when everything stopped and I had to make decisions on where am I going next. And that's what happened. I started writing even more songs, recording them, and you know, this is where I am now. Well, you know, Dave, I get tired just listening to all the stuff you do. You're, it's amazing the amount of energy you have. And I'm, I'm envious, and I, uh, I've followed you and tried to, I'm going to do that too. But it's hard to do that. You're, you're one of a kind. Uh, but talk a little bit about how you got this band together to play this show. Because, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the guys in the band I, I've known from other uh, experiences, mm-hmm. they're all guys that, you know, are part of the family, of the Dave, you know, Dave Revels family. And... Uh, you know, I wasn't there because I'm down here in Florida now, but, you know, I was there in spirit. And talk a little bit about the mm-hmm. process and the, the response you got, and, you know, and uh, what's going on with that. Because my music is all over the place in genre, 
I have to get musicians who can handle that broad landscape of music. I had to have a guy who has the sensitivity for folk music. I had to get a guy who understand the sensitivity to R&B. I had to get a guy who understand the sensitivity to country rock music. I had to get keyboard players and two keyboard players who could play well with each other, who could layer the music the way I recorded it. Hammond B3 organ sound, string, acoustic piano sounds, assimilating uh, accordion, things like that. That's in some of my songs. I went looking, and uh, one of the gentlemen was Larry Saltzman, who has played with Celine Dion, Simon Garfunkel. He was a guitar player who sat in a chair in the musical Into Proud on Broadway. And um, I came across him in one of my other productions called uh, Soul of America, which I have uh, co-joined the producer, David Backer. And I heard him doodling, doing sound check, and I said, that's the guy. He has such a sensitivity to his guitar that I said, this is what I need for my country folk songs. Somebody who could really nuance the, the guitar and really get a lot out of it. So I, I reached out to him and he said yes right away, which, which really was humbling. You know, it was just cool that, you know, someone did all that would say, just automatically say, yes, I want to do it. Then I reached out to a bassist that I knew could cover all that stuff because the bass got to hold it down with a drum. And that was Scott Spray, who uh, was the bassist for Johnny Winter for many, many years. And he's worked with many other artists, you know, around the country. He's got Google him. He's got so many credits. I'm not going to do him justice by trying to remember. I'm just horrible at that. But he's one of the best. He signed on. Then there's guy Tony Lewis on drums. Uh -huh. I call him Metronome because he too is at a broad spectrum. He's right now. He did. He just did Michael J. the musical on Broadway, and um, he's he's done everything from Latin to to jazz to blues, everything. And I said I need a drummer that could handle all these different disciplines and also keep meter and dynamics, you know, in the songs. Uh, then there's Arnie Brown himself, who is an undiscovered guitar great, rock guitar great. He doesn't even know how good he is, but he played in some of my songs. And I said, I needed a guy who could really chew up that guitar really well to give me that rough, that edginess in the guitar with some of my songs demand. Then there's, Melvin Miller Jr., who comes from Motown pedigree, he was uh, mentored by uh, Dr. Teddy Harris Jr., who was a musical director for the Supremes, and he was also mentored by Holland Dozier Holland, the songwriting and producing team from Motown, who wrote those four top hits, the Supreme hits, and all that stuff. And he worked with the great bassist James Jameson from Motown, so I knew I needed him for the R&B because he, his tone and air and experience. I needed that for the R&B stuff in my work. And then there's my uh, musical director, uh, William Weist, who is Little Anthony Imperial's musical director, Gloria Gaines' director, musical director. Uh, he's an audio file guy. He's the head audio engineer at State Theater in Jersey, you know, um, for years. And he is the guy who assembled all the parts because he knows my music. He was a co-producer on my albums. So he was there, uh, then background singer. So it's all those elements, because I needed all these people who not only could play the stuff, but also personalities who work well with each other.
Because, you know, it's, it's not just about a person's musical ability, it's also their personalities, yeah. which is the other aspect of when I say I play musicians. I call people together I know that will enhance each other's skills and not diminish another player's skill for their own ego. But people who love to hear another person sound good and they get off on hearing the sound of another musician next. So those are the criteria in putting this band together. As I mentioned, I'm sorry I didn't catch the show, but I have a tune I want to play that I know you played on the show. And mm -hmm. this has uh, a couple of guys that weren't on the show, but they're on the recording. And the song I want to play is Anytime You're Close to Me. And this has, uh, uh, I can tell Kevin on the bass right away without even me looking at the notes. Yep. Kevin, Kevin, Tony, Hill. and Mel. I mean, I'm not sure who played keyboards, but I know those three guys. It was... Um, Turner Battle out of North Carolina. Oh, Turner, my man. Uh, yeah, big, big, big hands. Oh. So he really covers the keyboard well and uh, gave us some really nice flavor. This is uh, my old R&B, you know. Let's put this one on now. This is some throwback R&B, what real R&B is. Check it out. Sweet words of melody, smiling wax poetically, and I still come nowhere near to explaining how you become my universe. When I need a drink, is you out there? Gotta tell you, baby, anytime you're close to me, I get falling down drunk with love. Face to face. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Dave. Some real R&B. Anytime you're close to me. If you'd like to hear more music from Mad Hands Records, and maybe even purchase a song or two, the best place to go is madhandsrecords.bandcamp.com. The whole catalog is up there, and you can listen to any song on the site without charge. There's a lot of content, so take your time and visit often. madhandsrecords.bandcamp.com If you like the Mad Hands artwork on Bandcamp, check out my site, mindofmanto.com, all one word. Some of my more familiar oils, as well as sketches, and some of my album cover art is on that site. Email me at manto51 at yahoo.com and tell me what you think. This is part of a collection, before we get any further, that I want to let everybody know about. Uh, This new record you just put out, which has got songs from your first album as well, called Stories from Mm -hmm. My Heart. Yeah, some remixes and... uh... Of some of those songs right but there's some extra ones too that uh i've heard it's just the singles a good jamaican woman all these yes, songs yeah. you've got so many tunes on here and what i just want to talk about before we end this thing and get into the last tune is how i see your website is daverevels.com i want to make sure that people know exactly where they can go to get the maximum dave revels experience you want to let everybody know besides going to daverevels.com how can they check you out well, I'm, 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 of course, I'm on Facebook. Just type my name in Dave Revels. Quickest way to get me. I'm all over YouTube, so a lot of my work is on YouTube as well. And uh, you can send me a message if you got a question or about what I'm doing or, you know, you got something you want to talk about. Just uh, send me a message, you know, friend, friend me on Facebook and uh, send me a message. Uh, you could also write to me at email at revelsmusic at gmail.com. That's my last name with the word music attached to it. So revelsmusic at gmail.com. That, the last song you heard, uh, you know, the interesting about that song was written at the height of COVID. I recorded uh, remotely, you know. I, uh, I, I spoke to, to drummer Tony. I said, Tony, this is the drum pattern I need. Then... I sent it to Mel and said, Mel, I need this guitar flavor on here to set it up. Then I sent it to Kevin, the bass. I said, now make me dance. Man. And, uh, <laughs> and then, okay, then I said, okay, now let's send it to the keyboard player to, to flush it out. And after that was done, I called Mel. I did it at his house. I said, Mel, um, I want to record the vocals. Set the room up for me. I walked in. And in 20 minutes, I did the lead. I did all my own background parts, and I left the room. I left the building in 20 minutes. Man. And then Willie, Willie did the final um, mix on it. Dave, I wish you hadn't have told me this, because I could have sworn you guys were all in the same room playing this at the same time. <laughs> COVID, but, baby. It was high to COVID. You couldn't do that. But you know what? But Everybody knew mm, each other so well that they knew each other's yeah. styles. They may as well have been in the same room. Yeah, you know, and it's it's me first knowing the players and knowing what they can do. And, beautiful, you beautiful. know, and one by one, and then after the music was done, then I came and did my vocals. And the irony of the song says, anytime you're close to me, and in COVID, you couldn't get close to anybody. Mm-hmm. So the song is kind of written about that too, you know, you know, how it feels to be close to somebody. 
because we haven't been able to do that for so long. So anytime you're close to me, it's kind of about, it's my um, ode to COVID and what it kept us from doing for so long and how much we needed to do that again. We had to reinvent ourselves. And uh, I guess some of us did. We're still trying. I'm still trying. But Dave, going a little further, currently you've got two of your songs that are charting right down here at Beach Music 45. And there's actually still, three. There's actually three. three. Whoa. <laughs> and they're all, the two that I was speaking of are very different. Uh, I yeah. want to end the show with one of them. That's a real rock and roll number. And it's, again, we were talking earlier on in the show, you write so differently for so many different genres. And they, they're like, this is like, this, this song I want to play could be a Bob Seger song. And this is in the back seat with the radio on. It's, it's a great tune. You want to talk a little bit about what's going on with these things on the chart? I didn't know the third tune. Tell me all three songs again yeah. so people can listen. Well, uh, anytime you're close to me, it's, it's, on, uh, it's charting on Beach Music 45. This is number 19 right now. Um, and as you know, down south, uh, DJs play live. So they have a playlist, and their audience tells them what they want to hear. So based on what the audience wants to hear and what they're dancing to, they report it to Beach Music 45, and that's how you get charted. Wow. So three songs. One is one is at number one in one of the DJ's chart, a song called Love Potion Number 10. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember that. that. <laughs> we yeah, used to play it. Yeah. Man, that's yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That song tells a tale of what would have happened if she, if she actually made Love Potion Number 10. <laughs> and the song tells you she did do Number 10. Yes. And this is what happened. That, that's number one in one of the DJs. And Mike Hall has got it number one. And uh, several other DJs are playing um, uh, Anytime Close to Me in the song in the back seat with the radio on. They like dancing to that one. Oh, it's great, man. Like uh, I said, it could be yeah. Bob Seger. <laughs> you know, that's a you know what it is, rocker, man. man. <laughs> it's about, it's about writing about everyday life yeah. and uh, things that, you know, uh, yeah, it's just about, it, I'm an observer, you know, I guess that's the best way I could say it. I, I, I listen to people. I live my own life. I experience things and I write about it and it comes out in a different genre based on the emotion. You know, because it's like when you're talking to somebody, you don't say the same thing twice the same way. You know, when you get excited, you talk a certain way when you're excited. When you're sad, you talk a certain way when you're, you know what I mean? Yep, I do. So, so, so for me, a genre is just the way I'm expressing what I'm feeling in the moment. And like I said, because, because I don't really, I didn't study music. I didn't get trapped in one style of music. You know, I, I was open to all forms of music because it's all about melody and lyric and finding a rhythm that really sets off that melody and, and, and lyric. I don't really think about it. It just comes out. Well, you, you know, know what, and, Dave? Uh, I'm one of the lucky guys that has, has had the honor of being on stage with you, like I said, for over 30 years now. And the <laughs> reason for having this uh, interview is because I want to spread that word to other people and just what a great time it is being around the stuff that you're that you've been producing and uh how much fun it really is and i really hope that people are gonna buy this record go to your site you know it's just it's it's an amazing hey, thing bring me up i'm on all the streaming platforms you want to support me go to all of them itunes spotify amazon uh name them i'm on every single streaming platform uh, you can find me and support me you know um Keep right. it going because you know we need we need to support original art and and music to me 
has suffered the most of all the art forms because, it, it, let's put it this way, an artist spends a lot of time creating a song. And the way the industry is now, you put a song out and three months it's, so, it's old to people and nobody listens to it anymore. And I think it's unfair to an artist who really writes something with meaning. It, it should stick around in your catalog. But when you're bombarded with so many choices of music, you, you sometimes don't hear anything. You just hear a wall of sound coming at you and nothing sticks to your memory. But I think music has suffered uh, from technology in the, the present time. I think if you really want to support an artist, come see them live. Right. Okay, yeah, because like... they're not gonna they're not gonna benefit from record sales anymore because that's gone. That's not what it's not there anymore like that. Unless you're one of those major people who could spend a million dollars to promote yourself to make you know spend a million to make five. Right. But if you want to support the average artist who doesn't have that kind of bankroll to promote himself, go see them live. And if you like their music, support them a lot. Yeah. You yeah. know, but give them a chance live, you know, because I think in a way that's what it should come down to. I mean, the early days of rock stars didn't happen by putting stuff out remotely. They actually performed the music live and people got to know them live and liked them and supported them from town to town to gig to gig. And that's how you hear about them and they become known. And I think we're back to that time again. So, my advice to artists coming up, don't be scared about performing live. Get out there live, man. Because until you do it live, it don't exist. Dave, insightful words, inspirational words. I want to end this amazing interview within the backseat with the radio on. And again, Dave Revels. Thanks, man. I appreciate you giving me the time. My pleasure. Talk soon. All right. Bye, Bernie. Bye. Pleasures. There's no need 
the radio on In the backseat girl with the radio on Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mad Hands Records podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at madmikecullens at gmail.com or monto51 at yahoo.com. And please, tell us what you think. We'd appreciate it. Also, check us out on Facebook, Mad Hands Records. Well, until next time, tan. Don't burn. And cross on green, not in between. <laughs>